0: On today's show, this the day of Mavs training camp starting. Have the Mavericks gotten better this offseason? What's their ceiling? will talk to Reggie Add about that and more. On today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Ruth Richards, and this is Lockdown Mavericks. Ah, it's Mavericks. NBA he is. he has. It's good! And the Mavericks have won the game! We don't believe you shouldn't be here.
1: Loyalty yeah. never fades away.
0: Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show, making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. Join the Raccoon Squad, be an everydayer, subscribe, follow up for free research, search Locked On Mavericks wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. The best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day and comment anything below. Let us know in the comment section what's the Mavs ceiling right now if the roster just stays the same? There's no more like weird trade out there coming that Isaac thinks coming that I don't think is coming. It's just the roster is what it is right now. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at JaceMedical.com. That's J-A-S-E Medical.com. If you want to support our show, get text alerts, text us, Ask questions, get text alerts on Mavs Rumors, watch film with us, and more. Subscribe to our subtext, click the link in the description, or text the number that's floating by my face on the screen. Joining me from 105.3, the fan, friend of the show, multiple-time guest. Oh, he's mellow and he's yellow. What you got for me, Reggie Atatula?
1: What it do, baby? Always good to be on with you and the Raccoon Squad. Uh, (laughs) My man, Dallas,
0: with the Uh. upside-down
1: Dallas hat, Nick (laughs) Angstadt.
0: Yep, I got. We got that. We got. We got the raccoon squad. That uh, people. Is still, that the regular? Is that the regular Dallas one, or no, is that the is the, that the wings one? This is like the the Mavs one.
1: Oh, okay, the Mavs one. Very good. Excellent. Yeah. Uh,
0: today we'll get into. Did the Mavericks get better? I want to ask Reg about that. Did they get better defensively? What's the Mavs ceiling? We got a whole bunch of questions. Where do we stand on the centers? I kind of just want to look at a big picture about what this Mavericks team looks like because we're going into. The season. I will be at Mavs training camp today. I'm very excited to actually have a Mavs-sanctioned event happen and to ask questions. Luca and Jason Kidd will be there. Subscribe to the subtext, and I'll give you all the insight on what I'm seeing, hearing from people, and pictures and all that. So subscribe to that. So Reggie, I just want to start with this. From last season to now, are the Dallas Mavericks better? Did they get better over the offseason?
1: Absolutely. They absolutely got better. It was pretty masterful. Um, What Nico Harrison was able to do to get navigate the offseason as far as, you know, taking what a nebulous asset that maybe 10 pick that ultimately then came to you, turning that into three players, I believe, Um, you know, using that to then build out a full roster. It was pretty incredible what they were able to do to add some players and add like rotation level pieces, pieces that, you know, on any given team that is going to be a starter slash rotation player um, absolutely made this team better. Now, I think the, the better question is like how much better, right? Because there's a level of expectation on these Mavs that is not simply a, Hey, we just need you to get better this year. The expectation is much higher. And I think that's where it gets really interesting, but this team is absolutely a better basketball team.
0: Yeah. I did the thing the other day on Twitter where I went through and I said, okay, let me look at the most, like the minutes per game, like leaders from last year. And say, okay, who's oh, their no, who's their replacement now? So I took the end so okay. after the Kyrie trade. The top players in, in minutes played: Reggie Bullock, Josh Green, Kyrie Irving, Luca, Tim Hardaway, Christian Wood, Dwight Powell, Jaden Hardy, Maxie, Justin Holiday, Frank Ntilikina, McKinley Wright. That's the top twelve, the most minutes well, at least after the Kyrie at, trade.
1: At least now you have some more players that the coach seems to actually like. <laughs> How about that? Like they're better from that dimension as well. <laughs>
0: Uh, I have to apologize that you felt that he should have played more. <laughs> you've got you've got Grant Williams over Reggie Bullock, which I think is gonna be a, an, an improvement. I think he's gonna help Absolutely. in a couple of ways. We talked about this yesterday on the show with slightly biased, but Grant Williams is gonna be a defensive leader on the court, which I think is something they really needed. Where Reggie Bullock isn't necessarily that type of personality. Grant Williams is that personality, whether it's gonna rub you the right way or or, or not, like he's gonna come in and he's gonna be the one barking on defense. And they needed a, a personality and a person like that. And hopefully he'll hit threes in October, November, and December. I'm like, I'm like, Ball,
1: <laughs> He doesn't need the ramp up period. Yeah. No, like a more oh. consistent shooter, a dude who rightfully should be a like finals rotation type player. He was, um, even though for some reason, Joe Mazzola decided thought differently, but you know, no, that absolutely that level caliber of player. Um, it's, and I think that obviously the biggest part of that is defensively. Like that is, that is a dude who, you know, you have an assignment, you'll feel comfortable with him having that and not to say that Reggie Bullock wasn't entirely there, but he was not entirely.
0: There. Yeah. And we, I think his defense took a step back last season. He could still navigate screens really well. It just, it just finishing plays and keeping up with it the entire play. I felt like he fell back last year. The three point shooting took a little bit longer than normal to finally get up to speed. And then I think eventually it, yeah. it was fine at the end of the year. So you've got Reggie Block and Grant Williams, and then the next, everybody else is the same of, of the top nine, except for Christian Wood, which I think then turns into Rashawn Holmes, Derek Lively, and then probably some like Omax minutes as well, playing some, playing some four at that spot. And so at that, at that position, you say, well, we lost all this scoring with Christian Wood. We lost some rebounding, for sure. But if Rashawn Holmes can be, bad, like back to two years ago, Rashawn Holmes, if Derek Lively can contribute right away, And if you get anything from Omax and probably even Derek Jones Jr., like you're replacing one guy with a couple different options. And if one of those hits, then I I think you could upgrade at that spot too.
1: Yeah, no, and I think as you were mentioning it, because obviously you do the one-for-one comparison, you're like, oh no, this thing looks a lot very similar. And I think that that's fair. I think when we start talking about fit, the way that pieces fit together is where this starts looking a lot more interesting because there was a lot of times where you felt like you had Franken roster, right? Like you had kind of these things that didn't, quite make sense on a basketball court. Um, and I think that you are getting a little bit closer to that um, I guess best case scenario, because obviously now you're starting to do some projection for it of how much can OMAX provide to you? You know, what what is this going to look like when you have certain players like Rashawn Holmes playing at the five versus the four or even Derek Lively? I, I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of projection in it. But in theory, this should fit together a lot better than what it seemed like. If for no reason, then again to come back to this Christian Wood thing, not to harp on that man, but like The vibes have got to be a lot better, I imagine, than where it seemed like it started to get at at the
0: end of last year. Well, and don't forget, I I, I still haven't gotten rid of this drop, but I'm I'm just going to keep it. Don't forget. JaVale McGee! JaVale's JaVale's gone too. So, like, if those are the two guys that were were bringing down the vibes last year because they weren't playing, didn't have a spot in the rotation, didn't know where they stood with the team, JaVale got signed and brought in to be a starter, and then he wasn't. Like, I don't think there was any bad vibes with, with JaVale, but, I would understand if there were because, and especially from his side. But yeah, you do have a better fit of you know you know where guys are going to slot in. You can just see where their role would fit with Grant Williams, with Rashawn Holmes, maybe the rookies with Derek Lively and Omax, But there's there's not many rookies that that like bring bad vibes to a team, right? Like because you hope not, like, especially these two guys that are just so mature, come in, say the right things, and all that. Then so I did the minutes thing, and then you look towards the end, the tenth, eleventh, the twelfth. Spots were Justin Holiday, Frank Nillikina, and McKinley Wright. You replace those guys now with some combination of, you know, some facsimile of Omax, Derek Jones Jr., Seth Curry, and Dante Exum. I think that's an improvement on all three of those spots. Like You have way more options and, like, probable replacements for all these. Your deep depth got so much better over the offseason. Yeah, and the thing
1: that I noticed when you mentioned those names, dudes that you can point to and say they do a thing. Right. At least there is some, as opposed to just like basketball player at the end of a, Wait, Frank advantage. doesn't like, Frank doesn't do a thing. Don't make me say bad things about that, man. I don't want to do people
0: that forget today. about Frank, mm.
1: <laughs> but like, uh, obviously Dante Exum had like the defensive chops to play in this league. It was just like, can you play him with the offensive end? If the progress, the progress that we've seen, that was a weird way of saying that, that if the progress that we've seen overseas does translate back to the States. Like, that's a dude that you feel comfortable playing with, a, a, I think, a higher defensive uh, upside than Frank Ntilikina. Seth Curry, do I have to explain, right? Like, go look at the three-point numbers. There is Ask his a brother. Thing there. R- there you go, right? Like, I, I think that you can point to those guys and go, there is a thing that you have. And I think that that's definitely what you would like in the end of a, a, a rotation or end of a bench, rather, is dudes that if you're looking for something, like, I need something, that they give you some level of special speciality that they can bring to the court.
0: We both agree they got better, but did they get better defensively? That's the area of of, of the Mavericks that desperately needed to get better. We'll talk about that with Reg and more coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Jace Medical. Jace has this thing that I had never thought about or considered in my life before, and it's peace of mind when it comes to having an infection, having something happen, a medical emergency that you either can't get to a doctor, can't get the right prescriptions for you. They have them in the Jace case. Look at that. There's some medical ASMR here on, on the show. It comes with five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace case is to fill out a simple online form. And in some cases, you have to jump on a quick call with one of our board-certified positions. I didn't have to do that online. I filled out the form. And it worked, but if you do have some pre-existing conditions or something like that, you know that you have ongoing care from our physicians on any treatment-related questions. It's doctor recommended, doctor created. Don't get caught unprepared when you're traveling, when you're at home, when the supply line breaks, something happens. You know that you have this in your back pocket. You have it in your medical cabinet or whatever you have, and you can take advantage of it. You can get twenty dollars off these life-saving antibiotics today with Jace Medical by using the code Locked On. That's all one word, all caps. Locked On at checkout. Jace Medical. Dot com as Jace J A S E medical.com. Go get yourself a Jace case today, see what else they provide at, at Jace, and uh, yeah, don't get caught unprepared. Get a Jace case today. I don't always tell you guys the truth. Thanks everybody for hanging out with us on Locked on Mavs, being part of the show, part of the raccoon squad. Appreciate each and every one of you. Subscribe to our subtext to get updates on Mavs training camp, on the season starting. Uh, I know a lot of you were asking questions about the Casey Smith story. I'll talk to uh, Tim Cato about that tomorrow, probably, and say he wrote the story and see what the vibes are on that. And uh, and then I'll be doing some film breakdowns. I'll do those all throughout the season, too. I'll just watch a quarter or I'll watch a part that you guys want me to watch, and then uh, we'll play it back, and I'll have the video for you. All right, here with Reggie Atatula from 105.3 to talk about the Mavericks. We both agree we think they got better as a team from the end of last year to this year. Now you look at it, and I have the question – Did the Mavericks get better defensively? Because that's the area of the floor that they just desperately needed to get better at. That's a great
1: question. Um, I'm inclined to say yes, but again, this is like forecasting. Uh, They do have, they have, I mean, Grant Williams is one that I I feel good about like a dude that you can play obviously four or five and that can kind of anchor. Well, anchor feels a little bit strong, but like that has anchoring mentality, lead mentality. Absolutely. I think that that's, uh, a great way of talking about it and that you need that somewhat. You need somebody that can kind of be a floor general of sorts that can kind of help uh, bring guys together and I imagine can get in the keisters of your stars and make sure that they are also putting the Im- the requisite amount of effort for- into defense. Don't
0: laugh at me. You know what I how, mean. You was know exactly it you I'm that about. used the word keister and not me? Like
1: how? Be- Because I got the desired result. You laughed, didn't you? It's what it's, it's what it's supposed to do. No, but like you do. I imagine that sometimes you need that guy who is going to, establish the, the tenacity, establish the level. Uh, uh, obviously, Draymond Green is the first one that comes to mind. I even think someone like uh, annoyance like Pat Beverly, right? Like guys that can establish the, the, the tempo when it comes to like defensive intensity. And I imagine that he is that. Um, but then the tough part about it is like without fully addressing your starting center role, and I understand that the, there's conversations around that as well, in the NF or in the NBA rather as I'm starting to get into radio mode in the NBA um, <laughs> you need it seems like defenses are still going to be anchored by that big that defensive center and that is something that you look at and you don't really have particularly when your point of attack defense is not going to be strong because you have at least two dudes for whom that is at least a net ne- or a net uh, a zero or even a negative um in Kyrie and Lucas. so having a back line of defense behind them is going to be important so I think that's a, the poor part that remains to be seen is just how much better I think they are better but I can't rightfully uh say with a a, a, a straight face that is going to be a lot better
0: I look at the team that went to the Western Conference Finals that team prided itself on its defense prided itself on the ability to get stops to uh, like their defense was 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 really good, and then their offense just had to be just good enough for them to get there. And if you yeah. look at who's who's like been replaced, okay, Bullock and Dorian, you can replace them with Grant Williams and Josh Green, and maybe like you can squint and feel good enough if those guys can step into those roles. Brunson and Dinwiddie are gone from that team. You replace them with Kyrie and whoever ends up filling the other guard spot. Is it is it Tim Hardaway? Is it Jaden Hardy? Is it Seth Curry? That's probably yeah. probably a wash overall. Maxie and Dwight are still there. And then it was Davis Bertans and Frank Nilekina were the the next two (laughs) highest minutes getters in that playoff run. And you replaced them with an Omax, a Derek Jones Jr., a Dante Exum. Like, I think that you have way more options on this team. And the only, like, and I, I read that group of who was in the playoff series, like in the playoff run. And like, that doesn't seem like a good defensive group at all. With Luca wow. Brunson, Dinwiddie, Dwight Powell, like Davis Bertons. Like,
1: <laughs> Were you not amazed that it was happening in the moment? I was amazed that it was um, defensive in the moment.
0: And so that's why you look at it and say, maybe this is a scheme that Sean Sweeney, assistant coach, and he's the defensive like coordinator, for lack of a better term, right. for the Mavericks. Maybe this is a scheme that just works, even if you don't have the best personnel. Because they didn't have the best personnel on that team. And so... But, right. but what's the big difference between those two teams is what I, what I look at is leadership. And I think that Grant Williams can come in and be that Jason kid needs leaders on the court. I think he's going to lean into Kyrie this year as, as a leader. Now that he's been established on the team, Luca has got to step into that role definitely more, but on the defensive end, I think it's got to be Grant Williams and maybe, maybe Derek lively. Like I, you saw him at Summer League at least just calling out coverages and calling out yeah. backline stuff that they really desperately need. I think he can step into that role a little if he's going to get enough minutes. And it sounds like Jason Kidd wants to play him.
1: Yeah, uh, that's a great point. Like talking on, a, on the floor if you play basketball is super important defensively. Another thing that I thought of, because leadership is a great point, are they going to be able to rebound the ball a little bit better? Because, I mean, defensively, no. <laughs> you need to be able to end possessions. And you need you have some interesting sizable options. I just don't know if that ultimately leads to better rebounding, if you're still going to be in a place where Lucas is having to be a sizable rebounder on your team. But if you can end some possessions with some rebounds, like how many times did we see second chance points allowed by this Dallas Mavericks team just because they couldn't close out a defensive possession? So if they can manage to get any level of better there, I think that also adds defensively.
0: That's a huge one. I think Rashawn Holmes is a little bit better of a rebounder than Dwight Powell. You look at some of his defensive percentage, like rebounding percentage numbers. I right. went over that. I did an episode a month ago or so. You can go back and listen to that one if you want about what Rashawn Holmes can bring. Lively would definitely be a better rebounder. And honestly, I think those two reasons, the defensive intangibles, the defensive like tools, and the rebounding is one of the reasons why Jason Kidd went on with Mark Stein the other day and was like, hey, I think that these guys are going to be part of the fabric of our team and that we're really going to use them and I'm going to give them a real chance to try and show me that they can can maybe start but it, even if not start then play him and Omax cuz Omax 6'8 big long wingspan like he can, he'll, he'll probably help with rebounding too the difference between playing a Josh Green and an Omax is size right one of the reasons why that Mavericks team was so good and they didn't that team didn't even rebound well you had you know Dorian was a 6'8 wing Luka 6'7 6'8 uh, you had Dinwiddie of 6'6 six, 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 six guard. Like, you had some bigger guys on in your wing and guard spots, and they just got so small last year with two six, five guys in and Reggie and, and Josh and then a six, two in Kyrie and then Luca, and then Dwight. And you're like, okay, we're, what are we doing now?
1: Yep, and I mean, rebounding, going back to that Western Conference Finals team, that was, they made that a team effort, right? Everybody kind of yes. packed in the paint, and then they team rebounded. And so I also like to kind of wrap this thing back around to the start when we talked about vibes, I'm interested in seeing uh, in, in my thought process, rookies are usually a lot more likely to buy in, right? Uh, obviously, you get a little older, maybe you have other motives and things that are you know, pulling your, your attention and so on and so forth. I feel like rookies are more likely to buy in on what's happening. And I imagine that's partially it. And you talk about obviously the size, the want to that those guys seem to play with when it comes to defense, rebound and things of that nature. I'm interested if that also helps fit into what this team wants to do schematically where it's like, hey, man, even if you're not like individually rebound, you know, incredible. If you rebound as a team, if you're in the right positions, can you improve that aspect of your team?
0: And it's just and that's what their defensive skill or defensive scheme relies upon is communication is buy in. Everyone's got to buy in. And Luca was not bought in at all last year. Like, I think him and Jason Kidd looked at this team. I don't know who decided earlier in the season. We can, that's maybe a whole other show we can do. <laughs> who decided earlier in the season that this team wasn't it? That they kind of, all right, I'm not going to buy in as much on this team. And we're just going to, I'm going to coast on defense. And Jason Kidd's, you know, Jason Kidd looked me in the eye and said, I'm not playing.
1: I'm watching just like you guys. And
0: was like, all right, this is what this team is what it is. And that the Mavericks defense isn't successful that way. You can't just not buy in. You have to. And yeah. that whole, Western Conference Finals run team was so bought in. They had Brunson as a leader, Dorian as a leader, and Luca was bought in, and everybody was bought into that scheme, and it just worked really well. And I'm curious to see, like you said, how the how that buy-in comes, wh- where the culture is, and I think with these two rookies and young guys, I think I, I think they they're just built like they're built different, right? Like they're built as deep. They know they're coming in as deep as defenders. Right. They know they're coming in as we're the the guys that are gonna do the the hard nose stuff. If we want to get any minutes at all. We have to rebound. We have to do this. We're not getting shots unless they're wide open shots from Luka and Kyrie because we've got two of the best scorers on the planet on our team right now. And so I think they'll be better defensively because they just have to be. If they're going to win any games, they've got to be better than, like I just looked it up, after the Kyrie trade. So February 5th and on. They were 25th in defense, which doesn't sound like the worst of the worst, but they allowed 119 points per 100 possessions. The only teams worse than them, the Wizards, the Kings, who were a good team. Uh, the Rockets, the Blazers, and the Pacers. So, like, literally tanking teams. And the Kings were the, the only teams worse than them defensively. It's just got to be better than that. Uh, uh, coming up, let's talk about... I want to talk about Jason Kidd's comments the other day about Derek Lively, Omax, Josh Green. Where does it all fit? We'll talk about that with Reggie coming up. Oh, man Reggie let's talk about what Jason Kidd said the other day his comments about Derek Lively Omax the two rookies because we're looking at this camp and I think we're going to learn a lot today at camp and so if you're listening to this uh, I will have an episode pretty quickly after or I'll have an episode sometime sometime about camp we're a daily Dallas Maverick show It'll, it'll, it'll give
1: yourself some wiggle room that's right
0: yeah I don't you don't want to commit to something you can't give Uh, Jason Kidd said, I look for the rookies to play a lot this season. They're part of our fabric. There would be a chance of one of them starting. He talked about how the center position is up for grabs. And then he talked about, uh, he he said, I've talked to the coaching staff and Nico about starting lively with the big group. And the big group is Luka, Kyrie, and Grant Williams. Josh Green not mentioned with the big group. And so him and Omax, I guess, are going to fight it out for that other forward spot. What do you think about this position? And Jason Kidd just offering this up as, Hey, these two rookies are gonna get a chance to to really make a name for themselves.
1: I I want to put a lot of stock in this, but Jason Kid has how do I say this? How do I say this? Um what? he has established himself as a somewhat unreliable narrator. Here, I go, points. I
0: I got you. I don't always tell you guys the truth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. And I mean it's early enough in that like even the best intentions can sometimes go awry or go elsewhere. So um, but I mean, just taking it at face value, right? As- with that point aside, like I'm interested in it because these you you look at the the profiles of what they can do, and that's what this team under Jason Kidd that's what they've wanted to do. So I understand why it's like, hey, we're going to give them opportunity if yeah. they just dis- if they display themselves to be ready enough to play in, a, in an NBA game from the start. We're going to give them the opportunity to play because otherwise, you would just be engaged in some level of like what uh, hazing I don't know what the right word would be but like (laughs) yeah man if they are capable of playing those are the style of players that you need and especially because like the time is ticking on this we all understand like the inherent clock on trying to be competitive with this team we don't have to rehash that so the quicker that you can get players that fit what you're trying to do with the talents that they seem to have the quicker that you do it but of course you have to leave the open the opportunity or the possibility that they are not ready and then that's when you have a whole bunch of different options that you said, like you mentioned, they have a lot of options that fit in different ways that you can then go to. But I, I understand giving the young guys that you've hand selected for particular uh particular profiles of player to possibly play on this team.
0: Jason Kidd is is one of the little rascals. He's sitting, <laughs> he's sitting on the stagecoach, and there's the donkey or a horse or whoever it was, and they dangle a carrot in front of him. And you just want them to chase the carrot and chase the carrot. I feel like this is part of what he's doing with these guys. He wants them to buy in. I don't think he needs to do this if that's his only like reason for doing it. These guys are just... These two rookies specifically are just so mature. They come in, sure. they know their role, they know what they do well. They you know were incredible in the draft process and it's one of the reasons why they picked these two guys because they knew we're going to need some guys that can come in right away and right. H- help us right away and do something, do some kind of... Bring some skill to the table right away. I do think he's telling the truth though. I I am maybe... Me and Cato and maybe McMahon are like the foremost Jason Kidd is lying to us people (laughs) (laughs) on media, but don't believe what he says. I I, I think he's telling the truth on this, that I think he's going to give him a chance. He said, you know, and one if not both games in Abu Dhabi to see how they handle the situation, meaning he's going to start probably one in one game and one in the other just to see how it is. And maybe he's using it as an excuse for, well, you can't win with players that are 24 and under in the NBA, like you know, you just can't win with. That's what he did with, you know, what Jaden Hardy or Josh Green right. or whoever, whoever we we wanted to see play more. I also think he did a good job with both of, with both those guys because he didn't push them too, like too quickly before they were ready. And so I right. give him I give him some credit on that. Sure, and I mean,
1: when it comes to preseason games, you're not playing for record. Might as well throw these guys out there and see. Like that's what the preseason is for. Is it not? Playing, a in lot, some playing ways. for
0: a lot in Spain though. Now. One- That one is sure. sure.
1: Uh, No, but like, yeah, give these guys an opportunity, like kind of throw them in there, Um, especially from what you saw in the summer league, where there were some interesting things to be seen. Now, is it ultimately going to work out where they are the guys you need? I don't know. And then some of this is also kind of a move of desperation in some ways. Right. Like you, if you had, if you had definitive pieces, they were like, we have a definitive starting setter. We have a definitive three right wing player. then you you're not in a place for this to even be open to interpretation those are openings that if you are not if you're going to slot in a more developed player or a veteran or whatever the word is it's going to be one that you have some reservations on for one reason or another whether it's size offensive production rebounding you know like you're going to have some reservations so the dudes that in theory would fit better if they are ready see if they're ready like that that's Mm. i think that feels very basic logic
0: Michael way. Malone is not doing this with Aaron Gordon or with with Michael, like Michael Porter Jr. or KCP. He's not. He doesn't have to do that with them. Where Jason Kidd, it is. It's now open, like you said. And they, these rookies just have skills that the other players in the roster don't. I want to ask you about Josh Green though, because he was not mentioned in that big group. He's not a guaranteed starter on this. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been floating this that if somebody if somebody else takes this and steals it, I'm, I'm going to go back to my episode like a week ago. I think there's a chance Jason Kidd didn't put Josh green in quote, unquote, the big group as a starter because they're doing a contract negotiation with him right now.
1: Oh, okay. I like that theory. Also, can I, can I take a step back? Are we certain when he says the big group that he means the starters? Cause is it possible that he's just talking about like a big lineup for them? Well, Kyrie was in it. A,
0: Kyrie was in oh, it. So, well, so yeah, maybe not. No, I think so. He said, he said, Derek lively. He's going to start with the big group and see how that goes. Okay, and so he mentioned Luca, Kyrie, and Grant Williams. To me, that's like he says the big group has like the starters. Your your A team, fair you're, enough. You're fair varsity. enough. Like, that's varsity, and then like whoever's in J. I guess everybody else is in JV. And, and then right, right. Tim, Tim Hardaway's a sixth man, is what he's. That's the only role that'd be in really interesting.
1: Is and I do think that's that's interesting as like a possible like hey, we we don't want to guarantee or, you know these things in words that can ultimately come back and harm us in of negotiation um also could this be a motivational tactic of some sort he seems to like to do that with this uh Dangled talking into microphones um as you mentioned so I, I don't know I don't <laughs> know what motivation Josh Green would seem to need he seems to be a dude that's very workmanlike but I don't know like I'm not in that locker room maybe he has that read on that dude and knows that that's the button to push I know that that's giving Jason Kidd a lot of credit in that place but I honestly don't know other, any other reason why you would do then, or maybe it's just like a, a mission, right? Sometimes we we parse language so so deeply, and sometimes it's just like, yeah, I forgot to mention that one guy.
0: <laughs> he does that all the time, though. He's like, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't not mention somebody, but he was very specific about his the big group and named Luca. Gary. Yeah. what do you think about Josh Green though? Should he be the guaranteed starter? Like, is that is that a thing that we should be considering? No um he, he
1: is one of the players that's on this roster that you feel comfortable with his defense but that's a dude who honestly is kind of more of a guard than he is a wing yeah but like again necessity has dictated that people have slotted him in as your three because it's like hey you, you need a wing and you're familiar with him you know what he gives you as opposed to like oh max or you know Derek jones jr or something like that right but um Yeah, like, I I don't know that I'm certain that he is like a starter on a high level team. And that's something that he could easily prove me wrong with. But I, I I don't know that I'm, I look at his game and I go definitely a starter. So I understand why, like, that's something that I would need that he would need to see, or definitely that I would need to
0: see. He's, he's such an interesting type of player because the Australian national team coach thought for sure that he was a starter. He put him he put mm-hmm. him in starting with with Giddy and Patty Mills and all them and started him over Matisse Thibel, who's a player that we were gonna right. the Mavericks were gonna bring in. And we thought for sure he would be a for sure Thibel would be a for sure starter on the Mavericks. And the Australian national team coach was like, no, even an injured Josh Green is is better than we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna start him. But he, I think he can rise and fall. He's a, a classic role player. He rises and falls with how good the players are around him. I think Luka and Kyrie will make, fair enough. will make him better than what Josh Giddey and Patty Mills did this, this summer. And I don't know, man. It's, am, am I being unfair and just seeing a dude who
1: has like, uh, I mean, it's not like he's small, small, but like a dude with a certain size, and I'm like, yeah, I don't really know how great I feel about that being your wing, but especially they, with the team that has some weird size situation.
0: But they want him to guard the point of attack because you don't want Luka or Kyrie doing that, and you've already got Luka sure. at, at six eight, so... You've already Fair got enough. that size, so he can play the the KCP-type role where he defends point of attack, and he can you know just hit threes on the other end, and he can do a little bit more on offense. Like you said, he's got guard skills and is more of a guard in that way. But yeah, he, he is smaller than you'd want at that spot, which is maybe why he's floating out Omax because Omax has got right. that traditional big wing size.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that. I think that's, again, going back, I feel like that's why those doors were left open. If you have an opportunity, it, it's it's one of the things that we see in the league right now where everybody's like, oh, small ball. No, no, you want skilled ball, right? Like, if you can get the skills in a bigger size, you always want the bigger size. And so I think, I wonder if that's the motivation there.
0: Reggie Tula always supersizing wherever, wherever he goes. 1053 right. 105.3 the fan. Go check <laughs> him out. Follow him on Twitter and social media as well. And uh, yeah, we'll be back with Mavs Media Day. Or Mavs Media Day on Friday. Isaac and I will have a station to interview players. We'll also be covering uh all throughout training camp. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lock Out Mavs. Peace out. Boom.